0: Hosts Kai Rizdahl and Kimberly Adams untangle the headlines and help today make sense. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Mind control was my favorite class in college. In it, we learned the tactics and theories others use to persuade us. Later, I learned that while other people can be influential in changing our perceptions, attitudes, and behaviors, some of the most effective influence actually originates from within ourselves. Hello, I'm Matt Abrahams, and I teach strategic communication at Stanford Graduate School of Business. Welcome to Think Fast, Talk Smart, the podcast. Today, I am super excited to speak with Aaliyah Crum. Aliyah is an assistant professor in the Stanford psychology department, where she is the principal investigator of the Stanford Mind and Body Lab. Aaliyah's research explores how changes in subjective mindsets can alter objective reality through behavioral, psychological, and physiological means. Not only is Aaliyah a great teacher, she is a much sought after speaker as well. Welcome, Aaliyah. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here.
0: Great. Let's go ahead and get started. To begin, What are mindsets and how do they influence our actions and ways of being?
1: We define mindsets as core assumptions that we have about Mm -hmm. domains or categories of things that orient us to a particular set of expectations, uh, explanations, and goals. So to put that a little bit more simply, mindset. That's our, you know, ways of viewing reality that shape what we expect, what we understand, and what we want to do.
0: Aha. That, that sounds pretty all-encompassing. <laughs> you know, when it comes to communication, stress and anxiety loom really large, be it delivering a presentation, giving constructive feedback, or answering questions What insight does your work on stress provide to those of us suffering from communication, anxiety, and stress around speaking?
1: Yeah. So a lot of people, people have been studying stress and anxiety for over a century now from Mm -hmm. an academic standpoint. Of course, we've always experienced stress and anxiety to some degree. And by and large what they've focused on is, you know, when it comes to the psychology of stress is what people call appraisal. So how do you appraise or think about the stressor Mm -hmm. and your ability to handle it? So do you view a conflict or a challenging situation or an important presentation or an important meeting as a threat, uh, something that you don't have the you know, resources to overcome or a challenge, uh, something that's difficult, but you do have the resources to overcome. Mm-hmm. Those sort of appraisals uh, have shown to be really important in shaping how we show up and how we perform in stressful situations. Our work on mindset goes a little bit deeper into the mind, into understanding, not just sort of how we appraise a particular situation, but what are our core assumptions about the nature of stress itself the nature of a challenging situation um, or you know <laughs> a demand in our life mm-hmm. um, that's what we've been focused on and what we've found is that if you kind of go back into those core assumptions what you realize is that most people have the mindset that stressful situations are inherently debilitating. They're going to ultimately make us sick, make us struggle, make us crumble under pressure. Mm. And when you look at the truth about stress, which is, like most things, very complicated, you realize that that is a simplified assumption. It's not necessarily wrong, but it's only one way of viewing stress. And you start to realize that the True nature of stress is more complex, and in fact, there's a whole other side of stress that reveals to us that the body's stress response, the mind's stress response, was not designed to be debilitating, but instead designed to be uh, to help us elevate our performance and behavior to meet the demands we're facing. There's a whole side of stress that shows that it can have enhancing qualities on our cognitive functioning, our physical health, and on how we behave and interact with others. And so our work is not necessarily to find out the truth of stress, what is or what isn't, but to look at how our mindsets, the core assumptions we make about it, shape how we respond in stressful situations. And what we've shown is that if we can get people to open their minds, Mm -hmm. to this notion that stress can be enhancing, that stress can help you rise to a newer level of understanding, can deepen your connection with others, can make us even physiologically grow tougher and stronger. Having that focus shifts our attention and behaviors in ways that make that mindset more true.
0: Wow. So simply by seeing what's behind our stress beliefs and refocusing that, we can actually be empowered by our stress rather than being negatively affected by it. Is that what I heard you say?
1: Exactly. And and what's interesting about that is, you know, you wonder, you might ask, you know, well, where does this mindset that stress is debilitating come from? Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: You know, not surprisingly, it comes from public health messaging and communication <laughs> warning us about the negative effects of stress and that's not, you know, uh, malicious. That wasn't meant to be malicious. It was meant to be helpful. That messaging was meant to warn us so that we could avoid or, you know, counteract these potentially negative effects of stress. The irony is though that messaging actually might shape mindsets Which actually makes those debilitating effects more likely. (laughs) So, you know, that's sort of, you know, when when I started working on this, we realized wow, you know, maybe we're going about this all wrong. Uh, You know, how do we help people thrive and function under stress? It's not to tell them that it's bad for them and they should avoid it or, you know, rise above it or cope with it. It's to help them realize that stress is natural. Stress is inevitable when you're living a life that's connected with you know things you care about. Right. And learning how to embrace it, learning how to work with it, is really what helps us thrive and grow and perform at our highest level.
0: So let me let me put you on the spot. Let's say uh, I am somebody who has a, a big upcoming presentation or a meeting contribution, and I'm I'm getting nervous. What could I do uh, in terms of my mindset to help me feel a little less nervous and perhaps even more excited about the opportunity?
1: The steps to change your mindsets are, you know, at least as, as we teach, are as follows. The first is to acknowledge that you're stressed, right? So you have an upcoming um, meeting or a presentation that you're given. It's important just acknowledge that you're stressed. I'm stressed about this, right?
0: I'm right. also it,
1: become a, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, and it's and it's normal to be stressed about it. Most people would be.
1: Exactly. Notice that it's normal. So acknowledging means, yeah, acknowledging without judgment, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Knowing, just noticing what you're feeling, right? How do you respond to stress? Is it you know, hype getting, you know, hyperactive and, you know, sweaty palms or is it, you know, for me, sometimes it's like I, I have a big presentation or talk and I just get all of a sudden I'm exhausted.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> right? I, I perspire and blush. That's my big thing. I, I start dripping go. with sweat.
1: Yeah. So noticing the physiological reactions, noticing your emotional reactions, noticing your behavioral responses without judgment. That's the first step. The second step is to welcome your stress. So why the heck would we welcome our stress? Well, it goes back to what I just talked about. We only stress about things that we care about. And so inherently underneath the stress is a true value, a true care, a true purpose. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for something that mattered, or we wouldn't be stressed about it if it wasn't for something that mattered. So that step involves basically just asking yourself or or completing the sentence, right? I'm stressed about X, this upcoming presentation because I care about Y and what is the Y?
0: Right, so it's the goal that you're trying to achieve or the change you're trying to affect, that's the Y.
1: Exactly, I care about it because I, you know, really feel like I have something important to say that could improve the lives of the people I'm communicating to, or could Mm -hmm. change the way we're doing things at this company, or could, you know, alter fundamentally, you know, the relationship that I have with this loved one, right? These, these are the whys, right? And, you know, you got to go deeper in asking the why we call it sort of the downward arrows of whys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, sometimes people are like, well, I'm stressed about this presentation, because like, I don't want to screw it up right like well (laughs) well why don't you want to screw it up well i i don't want to screw it up because i don't want to get fired it's like well why don't you want to get fired? you know right i don't want to get fired because i feel like i have a a contribution to make here because i you know there's something in here that i feel that i really have to to offer you you go until it becomes a it resonates at that positive level for Mm -hmm. you That's the second step. So first, acknowledge you're stressed. Second, welcome your stress as being linked with something you care about, reconnect with what you care about. And the third is to use or utilize your stress Hmm. in ways that help address the purpose, address that why, rather than spending all your time, money, effort, energy, trying to avoid or get rid of the stress, right? So you start to realize, oh, you could go back to those behavioral or emotional responses you identified in step one. Like, you know, you get (laughs) flushed or you start, Mm -hmm. you know, getting jittery. You know, I start kind of getting tired. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, sometimes physiological responses you can't change, but oftentimes the behavioral responses you can, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, you start, you know, snapping at your spouse or your kids or something right. and then you realize, or you start, you know, getting anxious and talking really fast and you realize, well, OK, well, that's not serving my purpose of the underlying value, which is to really communicate uh, this important thing that I have to share. So the third step is really utilizing your stress to address the core uh, value or, you know, purpose underlying that stress. So those are three steps that we share with people to help them to get into this mindset that stress can be enhancing, that the experience of stress can help us rise to a higher level of communication and performance and existence.
0: That is really powerful and very specific. And thank you. And it, it avoids the checking out and the freaking out and, and allows you to harness the stress to support the goal that you're trying to achieve. I think that's fantastic. So let's switch gears a little bit. In in our roles as leaders, teachers, caregivers, and mentors, what are some things we can do to help those we work with to develop more adaptive mindsets?
1: Oh, it's such a good question. You know, I, I'm a mother of a three year old. She mm-hmm. just turned three and so I
0: congratulations. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Made it three years. Yes.
0: Um,
1: it's been such a, you know, a joy and also a challenge. It's you know, uh, raising a human is perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) I have two teenagers, believe me, I know. (laughs) Yeah, so certainly we have lots to talk about. And you start to realize, you know, coming from the work that I've done up into this point, that so much of parenting or leadership, you know, if we equate to that, revolves around trying to get people to do something, to change their behavior, you know. Oh, you know, Siggy, that's her name. You, you need to eat more vegetables, right? Or you need to go to bed at an earlier time, or you know, you need to stop crying, right? And it's all focused around getting them to change their behavior. And what I've been trying to do, at least in applying my academic and um, intellectual research to my personal life, is to realize that it's ultimately not about the behavior. Or maybe it is at the end of the day, but what if we could think about setting and not even changing, but setting mindsets mm-hmm. for them that help them adopt adaptive behaviors on their own accord, right? Mm. So what is the deeper mindset that you know exists in her mind or in anyone's mind that is leading them to engage in a behavior that might not be the the appropriate one or the useful one and what would be a more adaptive mindset to have so instead of trying to get my three-year-old to eat broccoli because she should (laughs) what can i do to shape her mindset about the nature of healthy foods Mm -hmm. and then you realize oh you know all these tactics hey you need to eat your broccoli before you can have your ice cream are actually reinforcing the mindset (laughs) that those are the less tasty less appealing things to eat Mm, right so what can i do in my communication as a parent or as a leader to help shape adaptive mindsets and focus on that more than the kind of how do we persuade somebody to do something we want to do you know going back to the stress thing this is really important because a lot of parents and a lot of leaders try to sort of shelter people Mm -hmm. away from stress and i think we need to to rethink that approach and open help open our kids and our you know employees minds to the power of of embracing stress talking about it embracing conflict talking about it and so forth now caveat there of course you know that doesn't mean purposely seeking out more stress it doesn't mean laying <laughs> right. on you know <laughs> right, excess right chores for your children to do or excess, you tasks know tasks at work, work yeah. <laughs> but you know given that we're inevitably going to experience stress anyways how can we embrace that and how can we help shift mindsets about that first and foremost rather than harping on their behaviors
0: Wow, that really helps me reframe some of the things I did when I was leading the teams I led in the corporate world. I I definitely took that approach of my job is to shelter, protect, prioritize. And I see now on reflection, given your insights, that it would have been much better for me to engage them in discussions of how to better handle the stress and look at the way we're approaching it uh, rather than just trying to deflect and defend them. Uh, so thank you for that. So you yourself, Aaliyah, are a very accomplished speaker. Uh, as evidenced by your TED Talk, you have over 4 million views. People are really gravitating towards what you talk about. Can you share with us how you prepare, practice, and and present so successfully?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, with that, that TED Talk, I... I just knew I had something to say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? You know, I think why it's been successful, if it's it's been successful is that it came from a place of true, like authentic, this is really what I want to say. And Mm -hmm. I really believe in this. And I believe in the the value that this has for Mm -hmm. people in their lives. The funny thing about that Ted talk is I, you know, I, I went into it and I was all prepared and I you know, really worked on it hard and I got up on that stage and I was so nervous, mm-hmm. right? I was just like... And for me, you know, my, you know, physiological tendency with anxiety, especially with communication is my voice starts to quiver and shake. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I could notice that it, that was happening right while I was, was doing that. And, you know, what got me through to the end was just to stay connected to the why mm-hmm. that I was out there, why I was doing this, um, connecting with the, the real sort of at least power and the message that I felt I had to share. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, I was like devastated after I delivered huh. it. So, oh my God, I totally screwed it up. I was like anxious, I was, <laughs> this and that. But in the end, you know, it's okay. And if some, you know, anxiety seeps through, that's also authentic and showing that I really cared about it. I really cared about doing a good job.
0: Yeah, as somebody who has done talks like that and has coached many people who have done talks like that, you did a fantastic job. And, and you're right. You come off as very authentic. You certainly come off as confident. And it sounds like putting your purpose first and, and knowing that you had something of value to contribute to the audience uh, helped you get through that. And, and it comes through for sure. So uh, I encourage everybody to take a look at it. It really reinforces many of the points that we've talked about. So before we end, I'd like to ask you the same three questions I ask everyone who joins me. Are you up for that?
1: Of course. Yeah.
0: All right. So question number one, if you were to capture the best communication advice you ever received as a five to seven word presentation slide title, what would it be?
1: Be yourself, your best self.
0: Oh, I like that. It's very empowering and encouraging. Do you find that a (laughs) mantra like that helps you?
1: I do. I, you know, I actually, I, so my father taught, um, he was a Aikido master. He taught meditation Uh and then he became a a public speaker and communicator on conflict and peak performance. And what I do is actually what, what he teaches, which is, um, a three-step process of getting centered Uh and present. Uh connecting to your highest value uh, and your sort of qualities that you want to exhibit. And then the third third piece is being open to the mystery, uh, which is you know, yes, you have a purpose, you have a why here, you have a need to present and connect and share something. but also you have so much to learn mm-hmm. and <laughs> there's so much to be gained from just being open in a situation. So it's, you know, that balance between being present, being powerful and having a sense of confidence and conviction, but also being open to the mystery.
0: That's cool. So many people think of communication in particular is as, as one way they're communicating with the audience, but there's a lot that you can learn and being open is fantastic. But let me move on to question number two. So question two, who is a communicator that you admire and why?
1: Well, you know, I'd have to say, you know, my dad, I Mm -hmm. just mentioned that a lot of what I employ in my life Mm -hmm. to, you know, be a good communicator, be, you know, as high functioning as I can Mm -hmm. uh, comes from my upbringing and learning from him around centering and working with energy and connecting to one's highest purpose. And he, you know, he was a masterful communicator, just a great storyteller. But Mm. I think what made him most powerful was just how authentic he was Mm -hmm. and how he really came from a place of wanting to help people, you know, be their best selves. And Mm. so I really, you know, have learned a lot from him and admire him.
0: It sounds to me like energy Presence, authenticity, openness are are all characteristics of your father and his communication approach. And you can certainly see that in the way you approach your communication. Let me ask you question number three. What are the three essential ingredients that go into a successful communication recipe?
1: Be present. Be yourself. But be your best self, right? Uh Connect to really what matters, mm-hmm. really what you care about. What are you actually trying to do here? That's a value, right? That's what I mean by being your best self. And the third piece is be open. Uh, we're, we're great communicators only to the extent that we're really able to listen and learn and be flexible in the way we think um, in our assumptions and abilities to communicate. I think those three ingredients are key and perhaps they're, they're everything.
0: <laughs> I, I would agree. I think those three ingredients sum up nicely everything people need to do to not just be a good communicator, but just to be a good person uh, as well. Well, Aaliyah, thank you so much. Uh, I am completely fascinated by the work you do and, and the impact that it can have. Uh, you're clearly very passionate and articulate about it. Thank you so much for sharing specific things we can all do to adopt and support positive mindsets. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Matt, it was so fun and I look forward to talking more about all of this.
0: Excellent, me too. Thank you for listening to Think Fast, Talk Smart, the podcast, a production of Stanford Graduate School of Business. To learn more, go to gsb.stanford.edu. Please download other episodes wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, Matt here. For most of us, presenting confidently and clearly in our native language is hard enough. But communicating in another language is marked by unique challenges and opportunities for growth. I am super excited to share our new ELL, English Language Learning, webpage at fastersmarter.io ELL. This page is designed to help all non-native English speakers feel less anxious while being more authentic and successful in their communication. In addition to practical advice, you will find Think Fast Talk Smart episode specific ELL content along with links to my favorite English language learning podcast playlist. Please check out fastersmarter.io/ell